Give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire. Can I say something that I think is bullshit? You're a fool, would you? Yes, we sell out. He also told me he was on acid. Now you better wash that mic off. I was gonna fill it up with my own urine. Alcoholica. And I talked about digging a hole in a fucking dirt and smoking hash through the ground. Oh, I don't know, there's all kinds of shit. And shower filled with women. Set your ass down, Lara. Shoot a pair of woman's legs walking down the street. Eight women washing you down at once, you know? Come up here, Lars points to me. <laughs> And his skin is bubbling like on the Toxic Avenger. Boyfriends and dads looking for me. Ten minutes? Singing along, fucking along, doing the something the fuck along. Here we go! Hey Metallica fans, this is Doc Coyle from Bad Wolves. And you're listening to And Podcast for All. Now give me the keys, you fucking cocksucker motherfucker! Welcome back to And Podcast for All. I'm Shane Obershaw. And I'm Jeff Winslow. 40 years, Jeff. How old are you? I am 28. I just turned 40. Yeah, well, I mean, hey man. We age like wine. We just get better, right? <laughs> I think so. But I think Metallica's throwing a party in December at the Chase Center in observation of me being 40. You agree? I think so, yeah. I had saw something about that, and I, I was thinking to myself, oh, Holy cow. that's Shane's birthday party. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what it is. Private party, so I'm going to write the set list. So they're opening with Escape and closing with... Fixer. <sighs> I, I got to agree with you, Fixer. Just like my dream, no more set list. E to F, <laughs> escape to fixer, and that's going to be F. both nights. <laughs> uh, 40 years of Metallica. I got on an airplane at 7.30 this morning, and it was a slow news day. Taylor Riff from Spain's episode uh, was live and blowing up, and I landed three hours later, and my phone turned on and really blew up with the 40 Metallica logo everywhere, and I went, holy shit, this is going down this year. They... They timed it right with COVID. We're going to sneak it in right before Christmas time. And real quick, I, I, I want to touch on that, but I just want to give a shout out to Taylor Riff because he just did Blitzkrieg. I'm sure you saw yes. on his Instagram page and he tagged our page in it and said it was for us. So I just want to say big shout out to him for doing that. Thanks a lot, man. Taylor underscore Riff, 60,000 followers in Spain, riffing and down picking like a mofo. And I just casually said dude i'd like to see you do blitzkrieg sometime bam there it is and yeah and then he does it so very cool of him i'm glad he did it hopefully if he's listening oh he is him and lars i i forgot which saint anger song it was that he hates but hopefully he'll be doing the one that he hates you know video for me pretty soon here so i'm waiting for it shoot me again (laughs) i ain't dead that's right i couldn't remember if it was that one or sweet amber (laughs) i was like it starts with an s but i don't know which one it was We're waiting, Taylor. Dude, uh, 40 years, two shows at the Chase Center. Same place they played uh, S&M to the the catches. You got to enter a lottery system and put your name in the hat with, oh, probably a million other people and see if you can get tickets. That's what makes me a little anxious at the moment. Right. And you know what? It's, It's interesting that they're doing it in an arena versus the 30th anniversary where they did it, you know, in a small club and intimate setting. That's a good point. Makes me wonder, you know, because they had all these special guests for the 30th and they did all these, you know, 
you know, really, you know, unique things. I'm sure they're going to make this just as special, just as unique, but how are they going to do something like that and make it feel intimate with 20,000 people surrounding them? But I'll tell you what, if there's any band that can make 20,000 people feel intimate, it's Metallica. Good point. I was thinking earlier, not earlier today, but this afternoon, in the round or at the end, 60-40 split? I feel like in the round, I know it sounds crazy, but I feel like that would just be too typical. So I think it'd be cool if they did. At the end? Yeah, and if they went, because that's more of like the. 60-40? You know, the old school look too. And like, I feel like this is celebrating, you know, where they came from and. I mean, we all know where they are now, so it's, you know, but I'm sure it'll probably be in the round. That's my guess. Maybe night one is old school and night two is in the round. That would be cool. That'd be super cool. I wouldn't put it past them. Not sure about that, but when you take, now keep in mind the Fillmore was four nights with special guests from all over the globe every song. I don't see that happening at this one. When you only have two nights to jam in 40 years worth for your diehard legacy fans, what the hell is seriously going to be on the set list? I mean, let's be real, and I'm pretty sure every diehard fan that is going to go to that show will probably agree with me. Almost every, I should say. I don't think any of us want to hear Sandman, Bells, Puppets, One, anything that's been played a thousand times in the last 40 years. I don't think we want to hear any of that stuff. You know, We want to hear Eye of the Beholder. We want to hear... Shortest Straw and even Astronomy, Fixer, you know, songs that, hell, I would love to hear where the wild things are. Just hear songs that you're never going to hear them play. If there's a time when they're going to do it, now is the time. So if they play Battery or Blackened or Four Horse, you're going to be disappointed? It's not that I'd be disappointed, but I honestly would rather hear a song like Attitude or Mm -hmm. Ronnie then hear Black End or anything like that. And that's I agree. That, that's the honest truth because, I, like I said, if there's a time when they're going to do it, I feel like now is the time when they say, hey, we have the opportunity to finally play every single song that we've written at least once and say we've done it. I mean, if they've played they, all, all the continents in one year. They can play every single song that they've written. That's a good point. Oh, you mean yeah. the year they failed to play Trapped Under Ice in Antarctica? Yeah, clunk. Whoops. <laughs> If Fixer is not played at the Chase Center, it'll never be played. I'm making that call right now. I'll agree with you on that one. And this I This is the time and the place. And I truly feel that if Fixer's not played, there's gonna be a lot of I don't want to say angry fans, but there's gonna be a lot of really upset fans. I could escape. see Escape coming back for I mean, it's been played obviously. Yeah. I could see that being played uh, one of the one of the nights. Yep, you know, Freight load, ends. load in on some of the, the the load and reload stuff and unforgiven too. Yeah. I mean, hell as much as I don't even, I don't really like the album, but even to hear like one really rare track off of, you know, something like Lulu, you know, even though Lou Reed's not there, but just to be able to, you know, even if they played a clip of it, you know, just something different. Hopefully when they play something off of Lulu, James comes out and stands on a little table on the table. The ones that maybe they'll have one made with his San Francisco. I am the table. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, just say that. I don't, you know, it's <laughs> <laughs> the options are unlimited. But, they are uh, definitely, it's, it's endless where they can go. I want to let our fans and listeners know there are some things in the works for one, the only tribute to Metallica play in San Francisco, as well as in podcast for all trying to do something unique. Let's be honest. We heard about this 12 hours ago and it's early. 
maybe we could just set up a little booth at Alcatraz, and when people come through the turnstile, we can just say, hey, say something into the mic. Say something. What do you got to say? Metal up your ass. We'll spend the day podcasting. We want more metal militia, just like in Cliff them all. Exactly. We'll spend the day podcasting, and then in the evening, we'll go to the venue, and we'll play a show, and we'll get best of both worlds. <laughs> yeah, E to F, Escape and Fixer, done. Maybe we'll play Fixer just in case they don't. It's going to be a very unique setting. I'm looking forward to it. The more unique thing, how would you say this? We are producing this episode backwards because we've already talked to our guest. We have already talked to our guest. Yeah, we're doing our intro last. It's kind of like how they recorded the intro to Black, and you know that was backwards? Right, yeah. Twisted it around there to give it that cool effect. and Twisting turning through episode 13 of season four even that was backwards i didn't even try to say that it just fucking came out like that so See? golf clap that was magic that was meant to be that was meant to be just like fixer and escape are meant to be december 17th and 19th at the chase center and who knows maybe somewhere in the middle we'll find ourselves having some fun well we've recorded a nine minute intro for mr met fan mike mueller from st louis in the last nine minutes you and i have said more words than we just said in an hour and a half speaking with one of the biggest metallica fans from the cliff era how cool is that that's very cool so y'all heard it shane said we don't speak much there's a lot of you know him driving this show so buckle up you're gonna hear some crazy stuff and enjoy and podcast for all for all you Metallica fans, come on the show, drive the discussion, decide the topics. Mike did that and more. I'm at a loss of words because I didn't say many words. <laughs> and his stories from the 80s, the 90s, um, I'm not even going to spoil it about what he did on the 2018-2019 the, uh, North American Hardwired Arena Tour was beyond significant. Beyond and bananas. What he's done for uh, all the Metallica family. What would you say? His giving, his kindness, his his thoughtfulness, his his love for the Metallica family. It was it's pretty special, man. Yep, he is truly one of a kind. So I hope you guys enjoy this one. So welcome to Truly One of a Kind, season four, episode thirteen from St. Louis. Actually, to be geologically correct, <laughs> <laughs> Miskota, Illinois. There we go. Now Try finding that on a map, everyone. Miskota. Illinois. Go get yourself Hint. one of the old trucker maps, then you might find it, you know. Back when oh, you mean the G- old uh, Rand McNally? Yeah, back before GPSs were a thing and you had, you know, the the binder and the big old thick, or if you had to unfold they, it. And, you know. <laughs> what did they call those binder books? They used to sell them at the gas station. There was a name for those. And you'd uh, have to look up, yeah. like, Battleship. You, you had to go to, like, B4. Yeah. So you'd find the city name in the back, and it's like, oh, C3, and I'll find it on that page. I remember as a kid, I'd always look at those, and I thought they were super cool, and I don't remember the name. So if anyone out there is listening, please write in and let us know what those roadmap atlases, you know, book binders, whatever the fuck you want to call them, what they were actually called. And they, yeah, it's driving me nuts. <laughs> They're going to be like, it was called a, a road atlas, dumbass. It was called a roadmap, dumbasses. <laughs> I had oh, one of those man. cool globes in like fifth grade. You right? Did they even make those anymore? I had one too, and you it had a light. I was going sure to play they... basketball with it. <laughs> right. 
We've already introduced this episode three times, so let's just shut up and get out of here. Yeah, you're doing like the Minnesota goodbye where it's like, all right, let's take 20 minutes to say goodbye. It takes a while, but it's hard to put into words what we just talked about with Mike because we, I felt like the guest because we just sat back and chilled and listened. So with that being said, there you have it. Bam. Now it's your time to listen. We will see you next week. Enjoy. Well, here we are in Podcast for All, Season 4, Episode 13, all the way from Mascuda. Jeff, do you know where Mascuda, Illinois is? I can't say I do. Okay, how about we just say St. Louis? Is that fair enough? Fair enough. You and I have been to St. Louis plenty. Yes, we have. We even have an inside joke about St. Louis. There's a few of them. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to that later. Let's welcome one of the most hardcore motherfuckers that I have ever met on the road at a Metallica show. We all know him as Met Fan Mike. Please welcome Mr. Mike Mueller. What's up, dude? What's going on, guys? How are you? We are doing amazing, Mike. Have you and I talked about this for about eight, nine months of finally sitting down and chatting about your Metallica career? Yeah, I think, yeah, we we have. <laughs> and I kind of blew you off a couple times. I wasn't blowing you off. It just, man, I work a lot of hours. It sounds like it, Mike. You said you were up at 4 a.m. this morning. What do you do? I, I work at a, a, in a factory. Okay. Gas money and health insurance. We we make supplemental heat. <laughs> supplemental make heat. heat. That 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 explains it. It's 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 thrilling, huh? <laughs> but no, it, it's it's a job. It's I like the people that work there. Uh, but yeah, I get up at four in the morning, so I've been up and talking for many hours. If my voice gives out, please excuse that. Air conditioned factory, Mike? Or are you sweating all day, dude? Oh no, man. They put me up where they don't have to listen to me. I, I never shut up. And uh, no, the, the <laughs> well, heat that's index good. It, it's 140 degrees sometimes. Did you say and 140? Years old. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. A heat index, not temperature, but it's it's not pleasant. That is toasty. Jeff, when you're driving around tomorrow uh, teaching kids how to drive, just turn the heat on full. Yeah. Yeah, and it's already going to be like, you know, 90 degrees outside tomorrow. So Again? Yeah, it's going to be, you know, 80, high 80s, 90s for the rest of the week. I think Minneapolis is breaking records this summer. Every time I talk to you, you're sweating. Yeah, it's warm, and you know me. I like the heat, so. You do. I do like the warm weather, and I live in the wrong state, I except for this t- summer. I do have to tell people, when Jeff and I are on the road or traveling for whatever, it can be 100 plus degrees, and you're wearing jeans. That, that has happened a few times. I To clarify, I do wear shorts a lot in the summer. I have wore them more than enough. But yeah, you know, I, I, I like the heat. When it was 120 in Milan and 140 in Bahrain, who was that guy that still wanted to keep trucking when we were walking around? It was always you and I. That is true. I think we were in first and second place, and there's a bunch of whiners behind us. Yeah, there was there was some times there where I feel like there was other parties involved that did not want to keep going, but I feel like you and I were like, dude, we're in a different country. We don't care if it's a million degrees. We're going to keep walking. Well, speaking of keeping going and never letting up, Mr. Mueller, from what I remember on the infamous 2018-2019 North American Arena Tour, did not miss a show. Talk about keeping up and never uh, fucking backing down. Man, wherever I may roam. You're giving me a flashback of a whole lot of memories all at once. Don't know what to say to that intro. <laughs> Mike, was it uh, 34, 35 shows? Refresh our 35 memory. shows. It was 34 originally, and then they added that Pennsylvania show, radio birthday. That's right. Local radio birthday party, so it, it ended up being 35. 35 shows. You didn't miss a one. Were you working at the factory then? Yeah. 
how did you swing your schedule to make that happen? I worked there seven years, and then I took seven years off, and then now I'm back seven years, and in the time I've been there, I don't think anybody in the building's ever seen me not wearing a Metallica shirt. There's like, you know, 20 mics at all times, and I'm always Metallica mics, so they they kind of know that uh, it's a legit thing, and then, I mean, I had to explain what the black ticket was, and, you know, at first they were like, you know, you know I think they thought that I was telling them a story, <laughs> That, right. that I was kind of over, overplaying it so I could go get some fun time. But then when I, I finally s- sold them on the idea, you know, explained what the black ticket was and probably a lot more, lot more of ex- a lot more explanation than they were asking for. You know, I, I have a tendency to go off on tangents, but um, they got the full story. And I basically, I mean, I didn't threaten to quit, but I'm like, you know, look, <laughs> you don't have any idea what this is. And you know, I've been waiting for this since... 1985 you know 86 and uh wow this is like the golden ticket and i'm going to the chocolate factory you know and they actually (laughs) they really uh i can't give them enough credit i mean you know in the heat i still i'll blow up every now and then and you know i have my little issues but at the end of the day i i I have a, a debt i can't repay to empire comfort systems that's the name of the company empire comfort systems when i uh explained it to them you know stayed with it showed them the black ticket when it came in but they they finally approved it and uh yeah i owe them a debt that i'll never repay i appreciate that more than i think they know that's awesome so that's how i swung it It was just personal time you know they just worked with my schedule that's an that's an employer that gets it so was it like two weeks on two weeks off two weeks on two weeks off two and a half uh something like that yeah i was working when i came back that's awesome. So basically you said, guys, you don't understand. It, it comes down to be like $13 per show if I go to all 35 shows. I think it was seventeen fifty. Nice. But, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. And at the time, I really didn't know. I didn't want to jinx myself. I mean, I had every intention of doing it. But, you know, I mean, I couldn't sit there and tell them, you know, it's done. But, you know, I told them my plan is, you know, there's just no reason why I, you know, Based on where I've been, my life, I, I don't, I'm not going to shortchange myself and, you know, end up in a rocking chair someday looking back at what I didn't try at least. And if I don't make it, we'll, you know, we'll deal with that as it happens. I like that outlook. That's very powerful. Good for you. I believe you were one of two people that saw every show that tour. Uh, yeah. And I really don't, I, I got to meet the other guy and out of respect for him, he's low key. I don't know if you met him, uh, you know, I mean, he was on Lars's Instagram, so it's like he wasn't totally, but he asked me, I saw him at S&M, and I said, hey, you know, when I get to the end of my series, do you mind if I bring you up? And he said, I'd just rather not. And I said, cool. Okay. So I didn't want to really, I don't throw his name out there or anything, but he was just a low-key dude and real cool, real cool guy, but I didn't even want to say his name, if that's okay. Fine with us. I remember there was two of you. I remember seeing him in pictures, yeah. but obviously. Yeah, super cool dude. Knew who. Uh... really laid back. And he was on a different agenda, and you got to respect that. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, and and while we're on this subject, I I mean, it's like you're I appreciate what you're saying to me, you know, the you're you're applauding me, but man, I met so many people that had black tickets that they sacrificed so much more than I did to see half the shows or less or maybe a little more or so. I was just in a position where it was able to happen, but. I don't want to take anything away from the other. I mean, I heard some stuff that people did to make this happen. So it's, you know, sure. you know what I'm saying? Sure. I just sure. need to say that. <laughs> if that means anything to you. <laughs> no, that's huge. I think you get it. I respect anyone that, you know, is in that situation and everyone's got to 
a different plan, a different story, and I, she's, yeah, I just, I just, I, I just felt fortunate to get a black ticket myself and go to you know a dozen shows, and that's all I could do. Just to be able to get it is a, um, yeah, you know, it's yeah. a privilege in itself. Yeah, so every every chance I get, I give a shout out to the other guys because you know I can't imagine having one or four, you know, any amount of kids or a significant other, anything like that. You know, I mean, I, I, it's just, it's almost like I feel like what you're saying is over overdue with me, <laughs> overrated. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm giving a shout out to the other guys. We totally understand. Jeff, I want you to go talk to Amanda and say, oh, by the way, I'm leaving for three months. I'm going to see 35 shows. Love you. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. What I, would her I, I, response I've already, be? I have a hard enough time leaving to go see one show. <laughs> In Minneapolis, in town. Right, yeah. <laughs> be back by 10. <laughs> yeah, be back by 9.30 when the show starts. There you go. Just take her with you. She's she's actually seen Metallica once, but it's funny. It wasn't with me. And I'm going to try not to do that with any big ones coming up like the 40th anniversary one. Oh, big news on that today, huh? Right. And I landed in Fort Myers at about 12.30 and my phone blew up. And, of course, I go right to the the socials and see the big 40 logo and i'm like oh shit it has arrived here we go early christmas present i'm just sick already you know that feeling you get when you know tickets are coming and the whole anxiety about the lottery system gonna work out it's gonna work (laughs) out but you're not feeling too good right now are you it's that little feeling of how many people don't intend on going to the show that are going to put their name in the hat and get tickets Uh And the three of us here on in podcast for all talking right now are all dying to get tickets. Roll the dice and see what happens in a couple days when we all find out the results. I don't get lucky with anything, so I will definitely be one of the few that, well, not one of the few, but one of a lot that probably don't get lucky to get tickets. (laughs) Okay, Jeff, I'm going on the record right now. You had a chance to go to S&M 2. We've talked about this numerous times before. Yes, we have. If I, if... If I get tickets to to anything, are you going to San Francisco with me, or are you going to bitch out for a second time? I don't think that I am going to miss it this time. Okay. It's <laughs> on the record. It's on Season 4, Episode 13. Everyone's Jeff is going to it. the Bay Area right before Christmas time, and it's on record. There you go. <laughs> yeah. If uh, everything happens for a reason, if I don't get tickets, I'm going. I'm going. I'm going to go sit outside. Like man, I'm going to sit outside and I'm just going to listen to it from. We're the going parking anyway, lot, Mike, because there's going to be plenty of parties on the off nights as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, everything's going to work out. It always does. We'll be. We'll be there. We got. We got some ideas up our sleeves, and hopefully, I was going to say it it'll happen. work out perfect if what you know Shane and I were we were talking earlier. If what we could we kind of scheme some... up with, it would be. You guys trying to get the opening fun. act? <laughs> no, no, no. trying to get on the stage not no, that not good quite. mike not quite we've got right some on. irons in the fire that uh, could be pretty cool on an off night I'm, I'm just looking forward to getting back out there and seeing metallica family and kind of reliving that uh that s&m2 weekend mike dude and yeah the music was completely secondary and it I'm was preaching to the choir and it was that, that experience was unreal yep that was a magical weekend i hear a lot of people compare it to the first one but they, i mean they're incomparable you, you can't you can't do that. You can't put those two against each other, I don't think. Now they say two totally different set lists on two different nights at the Chase Center. Do you think we're going to finally fucking hear Fixer, guys? I was just about to say Fixer has got to be. <laughs> they're going to they're gonna play Fixer. They're going to fucking play Astronomy. And, Ooh. well, you know. That would be nice. Jeff's going deep. 
Yeah, they need to play. I mean, this is the 40th anniversary. They really need to dig deep and play this. I swear to God, if I hear For Whom the Bell Tolls or Master of Puppets or one at one of those shows. Oh, you want Sabbath true. (laughs) I truly feel like for the first time in however they need to go up there and do a set that they would never do any other time. No fucking radio hits. This I is agree. for this is for the diehards that really want to hear the shit that we've never heard before. From what I understand, Mike, it's for legacy members only, correct? Yeah, that's that's what I read. I haven't even I haven't even dug too deep. Uh Dustin Stroll, you know Dustin? Yes. He feeds me my info on this type of stuff. I think it's legacy so, uh, members only, so yeah, there's no reason to open up with Creeping Death and close with Seek. Yeah, well, I mean, honestly though, I'm, I'm happy with any what that it's their it's, it's our night, but it's their night. I mean, Mm-mm, I don't I, care what. No, they if do. I fly all the way out there <laughs> and I hear fucking, oh, I no, hear dude. seek and destroy. <laughs> I, I hope they. Play I, I'll just walk night. out. I'll just turn around and just walk out yeah. and say, you know what, Shane? I'll meet you in the parking lot after. Jeff's I'm gonna, gonna go walk to Tommy's with, joint, <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm gonna go drink beers with all the other few people that are deciding all right this set oh. this ain't cutting it not here <laughs> no i i get what you're saying rare shit I, or bust long, long time ago I, I i've tried to quit even guessing what they might do oh you know, yeah because you're never you're not gonna nail it nope that's what makes it special they keep us coming back for more because hey it's fresh all three of us could daydream for the next six months and we'd be totally off yeah well we're gonna find out that's what i do know gonna be fun well, i can't lars is listening to our podcast and he's going all right these guys want to hear fixer and astronomy and all this rare shit let's do it lars oh, is looking dude, don't don't get me wrong i mean that's <laughs> that's my fantasy too what you said but if it doesn't happen i'm good Lar- they play straight staples and I'm, I'm gonna be good lars is looking through his apple podcast right now jeff going um mcrock yeah. Chloe Trujillo, Chris Jericho. Oh, there's Mike Mueller from St. Louis. He saw every show of mine in 2018 and 2019. Let's listen to what he has to say. Well, and knowing Lars, so. you know he has that encyclopedia of you know yeah knowledge. So yeah, he'd be like, oh yeah, I remember you. Here's this dude from St. Louis that works in a sweaty factory, and we gave him a time of his life. <laughs> yeah, they did. What? What did you get any uh, award for seeing every show, Mike? How they how they treat you? I got to meet the band. Um, they upgraded me to the you know the package with the picture with the band and all that good stuff. Oh, the that, full, that was, the that? full hardwired meet and greet. Yeah. Was it called hardwired? Yeah. 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 But it was just two of us back there. It wasn't, you know, I think normally they do 12. We got to hang out. I mean, we were back there probably 20 minutes, 25. I, I'm not even sure. With all four uh, of them. Happened. What's that? With all four of them. Yeah. All four of them at once. Solid. There's like, you know, two of them were talking to me, two of them were talking to dude. And then next thing you know, I start running my mouth and we're all in a circle. <laughs> it's like, oh, <laughs> but uh, no. But what I, the reason I brought that up is as cool as that was, that was incredibly cool. But to me, after that is when it really got good. Uh, um, they gave me that giant guitar pick that all many of the black ticket holders signed, and Jim Brewer presented that to me during his act. And I mean, to me, I don't want to compare that against the band, but I mean, the band thing was awesome. Wow. But I, that didn't, I don't want to say I, I didn't, I didn't expect that, <clears throat> the band thing. It didn't surprise me, you know, sure. uh, I wasn't counting on it to happen, but I kind of know how they roll. Sure. Um, but that, that pick, when Brewer gave me that pick that was signed by so many of the black ticket holders that I didn't see that coming. That caught me off guard. And that, that is so that's cool. like, yeah, I, I can't even put it 
into words. I, I don't know what to say about it. I still, when I think of that, it just, that means more to me than anything I own. That's awesome. Yeah. And that a lot of the so guys cool. were like, a lot of people said, well, I didn't even get to sign that. And it's like, you're on there. If I, if I know you, right. you know, that's, you know, a hundred people, well, however many people signed it, uh, everyone's included. And I, I don't know how to say it any, any better than that. I no, mean, that is... that's like a, a lifetime thing to me. And, it's a symbol of that's huge 35 years not just six months that's the metallica family at its best right there oh dude it was unreal and i still i still don't know what to say or do <laughs> you know i met you mike in uh las vegas and i knew you as the guy who made the patches for all the black ticket holders uh-huh. yep and i knew from that point right then and there that you had something special going on Hell of a guy. Go out of your way to make these patches and make it special for us. And that was that was so cool to all of us that were able to partake in that, especially in Vegas. I think we were in front of the fountain at the Bellagio when you handed those out. Yeah, we were. You gave me the little, uh, it's one of those words I can't say. It's the thing you wrap around your beer bottle. You know, everybody's got a couple words in life that they just don't ever use. <laughs> you what? know, it keeps your beer cold. The koozie? That's it. Oh, I can't say that word. But anyway, you gave me one with one on it. Yes. And, uh, yes. Oh, you did. gave him a one yes. koozie. Nice. I forgot about that. Well, he tried to pay me. Actually, he said, "Let me kick in a little bit," and I was like, "No, dude, I'm not selling these." And he I said, wanted at to least, at least take this. Yeah. No, yeah, a lot of people did. I wanted to. I know what that takes to make those. It's not cheap. Yeah, it wasn't that bad though. But just going into it, it was it it was just a kind of a group thing. I mean, you know, we were all talking about it, and we just did it, and uh, it was cool. And anyway. I, I want me to get out what you were, what you were saying there. I want you to say the word koozie though. I can't. Well, why is that? Well, you know, everybody's got a couple words that just make them cringe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of mine. We're on a Metallica podcast. I can't do the the shortened version, the apostrophe, T A L L I C A. I can't do it that way. Talica. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wow. I don't care if it's Mars and James doing it. That that has always killed me. Or you might have heard that the Talica boys. Oh, we're going to play some, play heavy, some, some heavy, heavy shit tonight. <laughs> yeah, no. Either that or you might have heard that the Talica boys were going to play some heavy shit tonight. Talica gives you heavy, baby! Everybody I know knows that, and they go out of their way to use it around me. But uh, now got, that's just ugh. I gotta write this down: Talica and Koozie. Dude, it's like sacrilege. You don't shorten a a single word name. You can you can say Sabbath, you can say Maiden, you don't say Gadeth, <laughs> you don't say <laughs> you don't say the other one, which I won't say. But anyway, you get what I'm saying. That that's now, interesting. Now, but I got your little beer cooler. Your and beer cooler. I love Jeff, it. he's drinking out of a one, the only tribute to Metallica Koozie four years later. I love it. Yep, still got it. And yeah, I remember I remember meeting you in that moment. That was really cool. That whole Bellagio thing was just unreal. Yeah, that was awesome. I had a friend with me and he just he, he kind of sat back and he said, I I couldn't believe what I was watching there. Uh just the interaction among the people. Mm-hmm. The flags, the he, he just he, he said he didn't know what to he said he he would rather Rob was his name. He stood back. He took pictures, and he said it was like it was just like watching a moment in time. All these people from all around the world converging, and and anyway, now that whole day that was a really special thing. 
it was special. It was an off day, and it was just, hey, meet at the Bellagio Fountain at 3 o'clock because the fountains were playing Ecstasy of Gold, Jeff. Yeah. And there was like 200 people that showed up, and it was just like, uh, we we hung out for like an hour and a half. Yeah, black ticket holders and non-black ticket holders. You know, that oh, there wasn't was a ton a of people there. Ton of yeah, people. tons of people. So, Mike, when we look at uh, MetFan Mike on YouTube... Tell us how that got started. Tell us what it's about. Tell our listeners what your what the ultimate goal of a Met, Met fan Mike's all about. I had this uh, brilliant idea, and a brilliant sarcasm implied there. Uh, <laughs> I was like, this is never going to work, but my two friends, Alexander and Jonathan, they're like, man, do this. What are you doing? They're young guys, so you know, they're telling me, you know, the world we live in, just do this. And uh, I actually came up with the original project, Color Our World Black It. About 2009, 2010, uh, when did YouTube come around, do you know? It was oh, shortly God. after that. Jeff, when did YouTube come out? I don't know. 05, 06? Yeah, I was going to say early 2000s. Something in there. So yeah. it was a couple years after that. I don't want to get caught in a lie by saying I thought of this before YouTube. <clears throat> I don't remember the exact date. But anyway, um, I've always enjoyed corresponding, interacting with other fans into the Go back into the 90s and, and the 80s. I was writing to people all around the world. I've always had this infatuation with maps. And I'd make a correspondence with somebody in Colombia, and I'd shade in the Colombian region. You know, cool. and I was just like, well, that was back in the day. So when YouTube came around, I just, uh, and I did a lot of trading, world trading with people. So I thought, how could we incorporate this, bring it up into modern times? I'm going to get a world map. And in the spirit of color our world blackened, I'm going to, I'm going to try to do a Metallica item for a Metallica item trade with someone in every state in the United States, and then why not take it to the world? Wow. Each time the trade goes through, like I'll uh, say you and I are doing a trade. Okay. I'll tell a little bit about Shane. Here's what I'm sending Shane. Okay. Box it up, cut the tape, drop it in the mail, wait for your trade to arrive. Hope you take what I'm sending you and, and do an unboxing. Okay. Make a little clip run it all together and then you send me what what i'm getting for what i sent so we're just doing it it's uh i'm showing both sides of the trade that's and cool. then we take the video smash it all together go and shade in uh florida or minnesota you know if we'd have done it before sure. so now minnesota's black okay so the end goal of the entire project is to color our world black and via metallica trade and it's going to take a couple hundred trades to do it wow so anyway i was like you know I thought of that in 09, maybe, 10, and my friend's two kids, Alexander and Jonathan, they, they just pushed me and pushed me, come on, you got to do this, you got to do this. And in 17, I think it was, I actually did an episode. It was fun. I got a good response from the collector community. And then, uh, so I think I got like, I had big plans. I was going to color the whole world black, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, comes this black ticket. Mm -hmm. So I've got six episodes finished, and we put that on hold. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that was that was the origin of the whole channel thing. And then the black ticket, I'm like, okay, well, if we're going to try to do all the shows, let's not try to focus on the fans in every city and document, you know, the travels. Uh, so we named that one um, by myself, but not alone. I'm on episode 30. The tour's been over for two years, but these things take forever. Literally. You, you can respect how long it takes time. to edit a podcast episode, let alone a video you're putting together. Holy cow. And I mean, I'm old and slow, technologically challenged. Alexander and Jonathan have helped me from Alexander more than Jonathan as far as the technical end of it. But uh, he used to do all the editing, but he takes care of his grandmother. And there came a point where he couldn't do it. And I was like, you know, I couldn't find somebody that I could pay to do it. And I ended up finally having to learn how to edit myself. So I do it all myself now. 
nicely done. It looks good. Well, we're on episode 30. When when that's over, I've got some ideas for a couple other series. And uh, I want to get back to the Color of World Blackened, though. We've, we've done six episodes, and I've got a list with people from literally 50 countries. And wow. I know people in every state that are waiting to represent their region. We're wow. having a hell of a time. A lot of fun. Damn. So, that is impressive. I don't know if that was a good answer, but uh, no, that's, that's what it's all about. That is impressive. What? Yeah, interacting. That's what it's all. What were you trading? I mean, merch. I mean, anything's on the table. I mean, technically, a guy in Canada said, "Man, I'd really love to be a part of this, but uh, all I have is a guitar pit." You know, and it's like there's really no limit on it. But I mean, I would kind of like to focus on collectible stuff, but there there are no rules. It's not like there's nothing to pit it against. Uh, but yeah, it'll be a lot of it'll be a lot of records. Actually, my my entire collection is going to be put on the table. Actually, um, but I mean, I'm going to pluck out ten percent of things that I I'm not going to part with, but everything else, it's got to be a go. Um, How long but, you been collecting for? I started in eighty eighty six. Wow. Eighty eighty six, I guess. Um, vinyl more so. In I got my first couple in. Uh, 86, 87, 87 maybe. Okay. I was all about cassettes originally. But anyway, I, I don't know. I've got about 600, 600 uh, pieces of vinyl. Wow. And, uh, I, it sounds like a lot, but there's plenty of guys that have a lot more than that. Yeah, but when you think uh-huh. of just Metallica and 600 pieces, that's significant. Yeah, world variants. Everybody says, you know, I mean, you wouldn't believe how many people say, well, they've only got 12 albums. How is that possible? But they don't understand the nature of collecting, you know, chasing world variants. You know, and all that good stuff. So you're one of those crazy fuckers that has a hundred copies of Master of Puppets on vinyl. Oh yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I love those guys. But um, yeah, no, I uh, I lost my CDs in a flood. I lost my posters in a flood. So Ooh. I mean, the bulk of what I have left is vinyl. So it's going to be a lot of that. But I got a lot of other stuff too. But like I said, I can't stress it enough. There, there really aren't any rules. We're just going to unfold it as it as it happens. But it's been it's been on hold for damn three years almost. So when you guys make a trade, you never know what you're getting. It's always a surprise during the unboxing. No, no, I did. If you watch episode number one, I I surprised my friend Albert to get the ball a rolling, and I don't want people that watch it to to misperceive what I'm trying to do. Okay. When we get back to it, I'm gonna pretty much set it up, and we're gonna try to keep it a good trade for a good trade. And no, they're gonna know what they're getting because we're we're gonna legitimately line up a trade. I mean, I could just go the route where it's a surprise, but then you get into episodes that take a little longer than they should. I mean, it just becomes a nightmare. I need to, I'm, I, I exist uh, in chaos, and I need to kind of formulate more of a, a structure. <laughs> yeah, you, don't, you don't want someone sending a guitar pick and someone sending James Hetfield's burn glove. I mean, that's not quite a, that's yeah. not quite the same. Brian's episode. Right. Hey, I, I know that guy. I wouldn't mind that because I would be the one with the pick. And by the way, that was a great <laughs> show you guys did with Brian. I, I really enjoyed that. Thank you. He had some cool stuff. Heck of a guy. Yeah, I've listened to quite a few of what you. Yeah, I haven't done them all. I got a lot of catching up to do. I, I heard uh, Jason and then Brian Garkowski and Brian and uh, some of the earlier ones, but I'm going to go back and listen to everything. Jason from Dyer's Cleave. He's got uh, one of Mustaine's bullet belts. Oh, Jason? Yeah. Yeah, I, I just got a shirt. I got a shirt that, that Dave wore back in the day. Wow. That might be a trade for Jason. He could put it with the bullet belt. But uh, anyway, I'm going to shut up right now. <laughs> Jeff, I'm going to trade you a Cliff Burton autograph for a tribute band koozie. 
Hey, I've I've got one or two of those, I think. But as long as I don't have to say it in the episode. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, there's a million things. Uh, some of them are valuable and some of them are not. I mean, there's sentiment over sentiment trumps dollar sign every every day. You know, every time. Um, the glow disc, the fade to black promo glow disc. You know what that is? Yes. Yeah. I, oh. That's one of my, uh, I don't want to call it. I mean, that's my favorite, my favorite Metallica vinyl piece, I think. Tell our listeners what that is. Uh, most of them probably know. It's the uh, white label promo, mm-hmm. uh, the Electra promo for the, the Fade to Black single. Um, it, the record itself glows in the dark. Mm-hmm. It is what it does. It is Fade to Black. Charge that baby up, turn the lights off, and it fades to black. It's brilliant. That is so cool. I mean, it's it's... I've got goosebumps telling you about it. That is so cool. But that was like the first, uh, that's the first thing that was like the killer. You know, I conquered the day, the day I first got that. But then uh, the day I got that, I was at the record show and, you know, I took 120 bucks. We're talking 80, 1990, and I was going to shop all day, but I was broke in 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, I got that and a couple other records and I had $8 left. So I'm taking it. Just enough of money the to buy a show. koozie. <laughs> We're gonna go with that, aren't we? No, but I, I said, let me just walk through and see what we've got here. And and I, you know, I thought I'll I'll never touch what I'm holding. I've only got eight dollars left, and I'll spare you the details of the story of the guy that sold me that. But at the last, very last table, I'm walking up, and all of a sudden I start seeing two tables worth of Metallica stuff laid out, and I'm like, oh my god, what's this guy doing here? And I look up, and this little skinny dude. Uh, he wasn't too skinny, but young, uh, clean-cut looking, except for his uh, his satanic shirt. And I'm like, he just, it, it was like, I really learned don't judge a book by the cover that day. You know, I grew up hearing that, but right. this guy was the epitome of that. Uh, anyway, start talking to him. I'm like, dude, I got eight bucks left. Look what I just bought. And his eyes got big. We cut a deal. And I said, if you don't sell this stuff, you know, here, can we change numbers? And we did. Shook his hand, said, nice to meet you. Didn't think he was going to call me, but he called me. Uh, nice. His name was Steve Jones. He called me Tuesday, and he said, I got quite a bit left. So I went out piece by piece, and I'm not trying to bore you with this story, but it's going somewhere. <laughs> I get to his house the first week, and I took my whole $400 paycheck for two weeks or whatever, I'm on grass. <laughs> anyway, I, I spent everything I had said i'll be back in two weeks we did this like four times it took and i finally bought but oh anyway he told me about his cliff burton autograph he had met cliff he met the whole band including cliff at the the puppet show in st louis nice and he's like that's the one thing i'm not going to sell you so the first time i get there and i give him i don't blame him (laughs) yeah no i got it but i was like but i have to i have to i have to beg you for this and i didn't know what price to put on it i'm like i'll give you a hundred bucks you know, threw a price out. He's like, dude, it's not for sale. I said, okay, I just had to try. Can I at least look at it? So he slid it across the table. He was happy to show it to me, and I just, you know, loved it for a minute and passed it back. What was the item that was signed? It was an interview picture disc from Arshock Festival, I think. Oh, cool. Uh, Headfield's on the back. And it wasn't just signed. I mean, they were writing notes to each other, full signatures. Hetfield put a bubble caption and wrote, fuck them. He signed that picture, and on the other side, cool. Lars is writing stuff like, uh, or I don't know if Kirk wrote it or Lars wrote it, but uh, it said, Lars, or Kirk, you're not even on this. Me and Cliff is. You know, they're writing personal notes back and forth. <laughs> That's cool. So anyway, 
I'm just like salivating and understanding why he won't sell it to me. So I said, see you in two weeks. And he lived over in St. Louis. I'd never met him until that day. Well, we became fast friends. I mean, this guy's got a ton of stuff, not just Metallica, but I'm, my goal is to buy out his entire Metallica collection. So the next time I get there, took my four, whatever I had, bought my stack, and I said, okay, how about $200 for that? And he's like, no, dude, I can't do it. You know, it's not about the money. He stressed that. Okay, man, had to ask, but can I visit with him for a minute? <clears throat> you know, I think I called it her. Aww. He'd slid it over, and I'd, I'd hold her, <laughs> talk to her. <laughs> Give it back. See you next week. We we did this like four times, and each time I upped it. May, may I, I caress her? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, and I've got pictures. I'll send you. you you'll see what I was. Please do. Know, Please what do. It was all about. But this gets real good. Uh, each time, you know, I offered a hundred, two hundred, three hundred, and I started questioning my own sanity. I'm like, I mean, this is getting to be a lot of fucking money in mm -hmm. in ninety, and uh, I think I offered him four hundred on the final one, and he's like. Uh, you know, each time he stressed, it's not about the money. The last time I get there, I'm like, uh, all right, man, break it out. And he's like, well, I got bad news. I don't have any Metallica left. You bought it all. And he said, but I do have one thing. And he put it on the table. And I'm like, oh, yeah, can I say goodbye to her? He said, sure. And he slid it over. And when I went to slide it back, he said, no, man, keep it. Wow. He convinced me that that it's going to be in good hands and i think you want this a little more than i do and that's a huge statement wow <clears throat> I said, wow dude that's powerful i don't have the 400 bucks let me run home i'll be i'll be back in two hours i didn't even know how i was going to come up with it i had brought like two of the four or whatever but he said you have not been listening to me it's not about the money give me 50 bucks and i'm like no man i offered 400 dollars. like damn now you're speaking my language <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just joking. <laughs> no, no, I got you. But no, well, you're gonna go nuts on this one. It ain't over. Wow. So he gives you know, I'm like, okay, dude, uh, you know, whatever. I've got a debt I can't repay. And I mean we we, we said our farewell. I, I did I did take the two hundred or whatever and I bought some King Diamond or some Voivod creator. I mean he just had a collection from hell. I could, you know, talk to this guy for you know, forever. We said goodbye. I saw him one more time in 91. I, I bought some records. I met him over in Belleville, you know, halfway between my house and his house. I never saw him again. For 20, 26, 27 years, anytime anyone ever saw that, it's like, you know, I was the man because I was showing this thing off, but I could never help but think about, wonder where Steve Jones is, wonder where that guy is. I never saw him. Right. I'm at the damn flea market in 2017, I think it was, whatever, and I had a, I'm at a, I'm at a dealer's booth, and he start, sees the Metallica shirt, and he's like, oh, I'm a Maiden fan, we start talking, I said, I got some Maiden records in the car if you want to look, my dead friend's collection, whatever, we walk out to the car, and he said, have you ever, you ever meet Cliff Burton? And I'm like, no, and I told him the story I just told you. Mm -hmm. He said, that guy did you a grand, that guy hooked you up, and I'm like, yeah. So anyway, he's inquiring about buying the Maiden records. Are you still following me? I know I, I, I get off on tangents. Oh, yeah, no. We are Picks right here, man. Yep. So he's in the, we're out at my car, and he's like, you know, come back next month. I'd love to buy these records. And I'm like, well, let me talk to the guy's mom. He passed away. This is his collection. I'll come back next month. Deal. I come back next month. The dude's, his name's Scott Gates. He's jumping up and down, waving at me. And I'm like, oh, my God, I haven't even talked to, talked to the mom, dude. 
I get, I get up there and I'm like, man, I don't know if I can sell you the Maiden yet. And he said, no, 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 it's not about that. Check this shit out. I met this guy in St. Louis. You know, a month ago, I sold him some records. Well, I saw him again. And I took him, he ended up at my house in my basement. He's, you know, looking at his dealer stash. He said he hits the M's. Hits the M's. I, I can almost think you're, you're going to picture what happened here. But he hits the M's and he's like, he, he's plucking out all these records. He's trying to re, you know, he's trying to buy back the records that he sold 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. He hits the M's and he's like, dude, you can't have the Metallica. I got a guy. And that was me. And he looked at him and he said, no, nah, man, uh, you should see the Metallica collection that I had. And he proceeded to tell the guy the exact same story that I had told him a month earlier. It was the guy. Wow. <laughs> he randomly met. And then I know that shit sounds made up. No, what are the odds of that I was going to say, shit? that's like coming around well, full circle. Like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, we were, I mean, here we are an hour and a half away from each other. So, yeah, I, I could see where it could happen. But just this guy meets both of us within, you know, two months time. And then he's like, do you want his number? And I'm like, ah, I don't know, man. 27 years later. Yeah, I want to see him, but I know what I'll have to do. And he's like, what do you mean? And I said, well, and I took his number, but I didn't call him for like six months. And because a piece of me wanted to keep this like grail item there. But I knew what I would do. <laughs> and I finally contacted him. I'm like, hey, dude, you remember me? And he's like, hell yeah. You know, he shoots me a message. He was out camping. His phone was breaking up. I'm camping. Let me call you in two days. So he calls me. I'm like, dude, you better you better tell me where you live so I can bring you your record because I'm going to change my mind. Oh, he asked me. He asked me, will you sell me that record back? I'm fully aware of what it's worth now. And I'm like, mm-hmm. maybe. I kind of played with him like he played with me, but I knew what I was going to do. And uh, wow. I called him and I'm like, dude, tell me where you live. I took it back over there. The dude literally had tears running down his eyes. Wow. Well, That's before powerful. this, all my friends are like, I'm telling my friends, I'm like, what should I do? And they're all like, nah, dude, that guy's going to sell it. You know, you don't know him. That's your record. You bought it. And I'm like, no, but he gave it to me. He yeah, could have was... got the 400 and he gave it to me for 50. Exactly. You still following me? Yep. Absolutely. Everybody was saying, no, dude, that's your record. Don't give it back. But whatever. So if you'd have been in the same shoes, you'd have done the same thing. But I knew what it meant to him. So. I put it in his hand. He's literally crying. And I mean, he, he doubled in size. He got big. He wasn't a skinny little guy anymore, but he was the same dude I met, mm-hmm. you sure. know, 30 years ago, 27 years ago, whatever. And then we, we sat down and I was like, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to make myself sound good in handling this, but he's like, dude, he breaks out his checkbook. He's like, what do we got to do here? I know what this thing's worth. And I'm like 50 bucks. <laughs> it's not about the, that's well, so I cool, Mike. to him. And then he did whip out a white vinyl creeping, uh, you know, that death magnetic white. There's only 50 of them. Yes. He's like, let me tell you what I'm going to do. I got this. He scored it somehow. He said, you're going to take this home. And if you don't take it, we're going to fight. <laughs> so I didn't really insult his gratitude. Let's like, get ready to rumble. Yeah. So anyway, from that point on, everything in the world of Metallica for me has pretty much turned to gold. I came back across that bridge that day. Feel, I mean, in '91, when that '90, when that happened, I was king of the world. But I felt ten times better coming back without the record. Sure. And uh, I don't know how to explain it any better than that. I hope sure. that didn't bore you. But no, that's, I mean, that's that truly idol, that was an amazing story. Just to see it come around full circle, like I said. I mean, that's man, that's something special right there. Yeah. And all the people, and I knew the minute, I mean, when I saw tears running down, I mean, he was, he was moved. So it's like, I, it was the right choice. I mean, I feel like, you know, that's our record. He said that. So, that's cool. you know, it's, it, it's, it's cool. But uh, that one, uh, 
I don't know. Do you know Steve Gill, as a collector? You know that name? I don't. Well, uh, in 96, this has been bucket list item. It's like I've always wanted to own the Megaforce test pressings of Ride the Lightning, Kill Em All, and uh, the Whiplash EP. Sure. 96, I had an opportunity, but I couldn't come up with the... It was like a thousand bucks, and everybody's like, "Are you stupid? Three records for a thousand dollars?" And I'm like, "But you don't understand what these things are." <laughs> My friends are just ridiculing me endlessly. This is basically gold, guys. Well, I didn't. I couldn't come up with the money fast enough, and I missed that boat. And I thought, I'll, "Okay, I'll never own those. They're, they're super rare." And uh, I, I located one, and the whole thing sh- sounded shady. And the more I dealt with the guy that had the ride, the lightning, it's just like this isn't sounding good. And I consulted Steve over in in England. Like, you know, what do you think about this? Can you help me verify the authenticity, that type of stuff? And, and uh, I mean, this guy's got, like, the one of, if not the largest collections out there. And uh, he's got stuff that a lot of people don't, you know. But anyway, I don't know if you know his name. But he, he said uh, he, we, we became pretty good friends in our correspondence with me trying to figure out if I'm going to drive to New Jersey and buy this record. And I finally said, dude, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's a good idea. And uh, he said, I- I'm in full agreement with you, but don't worry, I've got one and I'll sell it to you. I said, you got an extra? He said, no, I've just got one. But I have this feeling that you should own it and I'm, I'm willing to sell it to you. So wow. I know, I mean, and it's like he, this guy, you know, you, you can debate all day long, potential future value. The only time I ever bring up monetary value is just to reflect rarity when I'm talking to someone, and I'm not going to say what I paid him for it. That's a good point. A lot more. What's that? That's a good point when you're talking monetary value. It's just... Well, that's the only reason I would ever say... The, the friends that I have told... Oh, how rare it is. You know, it's just so they see, oh, oh, that's that's a rare thing. Right. Well, he sold me the one, and he's like, well, hey, man, I'm going to throw it out there. He wants the whiplash next. Ooh, better start working fucking overtime. I worked a lot of overtime that year. I worked a whole year's <laughs> worth of overtime. A lot of sweat in that factory. Just to get people, uh, oh. just to get people to part with those items. After I had two of them, I'm like, okay, dude, I'm gonna make the offer. And he gave me a really good deal based when you compare it to market value. I'm like, you don't even have to do this, man. I I, I get what these things are going to be worth someday. Oh god, and it's not so much I'm ever gonna sell them. It's I'll never own them because I won't be able to afford them. Right. And I want them for the the history. The you know you know why I want them. Right. It has nothing to do with the dollar sign. So I said, okay, on the last one, I'm going to throw you an offer if you're willing to sell it to me. And and he, and he said he accepted the offer. So he, I've got the, the 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 mega big three, the holy grail of modern Metallica rec, record collecting. But I, I honestly believe those records, you know, ten years from now are going to be. I mean, that's the holy grail of all modern records, in my opinion. Mike is but, the uh, Metallica uh, merch whisperer. He gets gets people to sell, you know, or get, you know, it's, it's, it's because you truly care about it. You don't see it as it's just this thing that I'm going to, you know, sell in the future or whatever. Like, it, it really means something to you, and that's what's truly special about it. Well, yeah, those test pressings, I mean, they were never meant for human... I don't want to say consumption, but they they were never made back in the day. Like, you know, a little later in the game, they started knocking off, you know, 200 copies of puppets, say, whatever. I'm making up a number, but, it, it, you know, they just, they were uh, capitalizing on the market. They knew they were going to sell them as test pressings or, you know, they would end up in the hands of collectors. In the earliest days, 
they were designed to audiophile sound check and they, they you know the bands ended up with that stuff so they're, they're extremely rare and um there was a time when the the kill them all for example there was a point in time in the factory when they knocked off the 15 or whatever where that copy the copy that i have and 14 brothers and sisters were the only copies of kill them all on the planet you know what i'm it, it, wow! It, it, it's it represented a moment. It represents a moment in time to me as a collector. But uh, yeah, I'll die, and my friends Alexander and Jonathan will inherit them. <laughs> I know where they're going, but I'll never sell them. So it's really not about the money. Right. Only in in that I, you know, if I waited any longer, they were going to hit a level that I. There's no way I could possibly afford them. I got to ask you one question. Sure. With as much history as you have and as much as you've talked tonight, how come you don't host your own podcast? That is a good well, that's a good point. <laughs> You'd be good at it. You know what's Can you know I what's back to, let me tell you what happened right before I called you just before a, we j- did this. Just a minute, Mike, I gotta say one thing here. Okay. This is the first episode where I don't Jeff, speak for yourself, but this is the first episode where I've literally I've reclined my chair in the studio. I've got a nice cold drink here. I haven't taken any notes. We have not talked about in voting for all, no jump in the fire, no master of albums, no dream, no more set list. We haven't even talked about Metallica news. I am just soaking this in as a, you know, amateur collector and diehard Metallica fan. And I have to tell you, Mike, this is one of the most enjoyable episodes ever because it's like you and I are sitting out on the front porch having a cigarette to shoot in the shit. I agree. Well, Jeff? I agree 100%. I appreciate that. It's nice not I, I, having, I like, it, it's been very just, like, loose-based conversation. You know, we don't have to, <laughs> you know, we don't have to structure it. And I feel like when we started this podcast, this is what it was all about. Like, we wanted it to be our listeners and our guests and our fans driving the show. And it's gotten a little structured over the seasons, as you can understand. I mean, eventually you kind of have to, but... It's I re- gotten structured, and there's been a little format, but tonight is totally like, hit record, and let's just talk, it and here's like, Mike, and here we go. It reminds me of season <laughs> one. what happens. I've been up since four, and I've had two of these McDonald's coffee. Slamming <laughs> some McCafe. No, dude, I seriously, I appreciate, I appreciate you saying that, but if you need me to shut up, just say, oh, no, no, okay, no. let's move to the next story. Mike, you're a legend. I'd never tell you to shut up, but the <laughs> the one question I want to bring you back to that yeah. we usually kick off the show with when we say, "Hey, when does your when did your memory start to remain? When's the first time you discovered Metallica, and how about the first time you saw him? Because it sounds like it was you know the Cliff era, and that's pretty magical to all of us." Yeah. Um, so the just the first time I heard the word Metallica that I remember hearing the word Metallica, I probably heard it, you know. But we live, you know, right here. Mascoota is, you know, 35 minutes east of St. Louis, so we're in the worst place. It's worse than Minnesota as far as trends <laughs> coming from the ocean sides, you know. New York trends, California trends, we are the last to get anything. So we're, you know, two-year lag time on the cool stuff. Right in the middle of the country. The saving grace for me was we live right next to a, a, an Air Force base. So we had a couple kids that had, you know, transferred from other parts, but other parts of the world, actually, because... Uh, you know the world the the whole the rest of the world Europe really embraced Metallica on a larger scale a little bit before you know we did over here you know what I mean yes so to meet these kids 
And, and I mean, but this was after the fact. I'm trying to answer your question in a straight shot. The first time I remember hearing the word Metallica was the class of 1985 graduation party in a barn right outside of Mascuda. I probably shouldn't have been there. I was looking like one of the little kids. You know, people were saying, who are these little guys? We were freshmen. And, you know, it was a senior graduation party. And uh, one of the my friend's older brother said, if you got a problem with, you know, he was a badass. Nobody was messing with him. <laughs> and he said, if you got a problem with my, my, my brother and his friends, you know, let's talk about it. And then everybody was like, oh, okay, that's who they are. What you're so describing anyway, sounds like a scene from Dazed and Confused. Oh, or The Outsiders. Freshman shithead. <laughs> Fuck. Freshman shitheads. Fuck you looking at? Huh? Kick your fucking ass right now. Yeah. No, but uh, so we're loaded. We're all, we're hammered. Uh, we couldn't handle our alcohol no matter how much we, we told ourselves we could. Yeah. And there's this, this guy that had cleared out the, the hayloft. You've been in a barn with a hayloft, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, on one end, and dude's up there, uh, kind of short, redheaded dude, and he's up there. He's got his whole sound system, and he's he's playing the music. And I'm like, this guy's playing some good stuff. I hope he plays some Ozzy or some Twisted Sister. And all of a sudden, he starts yelling, Metallica, and he's throwing his arms in the air, Metallica, and you know how parties are. We were two hours into it. Everybody was drunk, and this guy's up there. He didn't care that we were down there hearing him yell. Most people in the room didn't care that he was up there yelling, but he caught my eye. And I was like, what the fuck is he talking about? And all of a sudden, he drops the needle. He's playing records up there even. Nice. Uh, and it was for whom the bell tolls. And I didn't even, I didn't know it as that, but I sat there and listened to it. And I was like, oh my God, I've heard this song before. Monday Night Metal, it's a radio show. I think I've heard this. It sounds familiar, but now I got a name to associate. And uh, then he starts yelling his Metallica when the song's over again. And, and then this other song comes on and I'm like, Okay, I wonder who the hell this is. There's no way, because it was so melodic. And all of a sudden, somebody swept through, grabbed us up, took us outside. And we'd only heard the first two verses of that song, we'll say. Fade to Black? And, and you know the song? It was Fade to Black. Yeah. But I was like, who the fuck was that? What was that all about? I mean, but I got drunk. I was already drunk, and I got more drunk. So I wasn't thinking about this that night. The next morning, riding my bike to work, I was a yard boy for a lady in town that... I'd only heard the song one time. I had never heard that song. I didn't know who the fuck it was. I was like, who was that? And and just, it popped into my head that the rhythm of Fade to Black. And I remember the verse. The first verse was in my head after hearing it one time. And then, like I said, they swept us outside and didn't think about it until I'm riding my bike. So I'm like, what was that song? So I went to my friends that were there and I'm like, what was that song? And they're like, what are you talking about? And I was like, and... I'm going to sound like an, an idiot doing this. I, I'm, I have no rhythm or harmony, harmony, but I was like, you know, it went dun da 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 dun da da And I was trying to do my, my, my vocal instrumental. Sure. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. And they're like, you're, you're nuts. What are you talking about? So anyway, um, I went to everyone that knew music. And I'm like, you ever heard this song? I don't know who it is. And we didn't have the internet. We didn't have anything. All you had was, you know, your feet and your, and your mouth to ask other people that knew. It was a whole different world. And I mean, that was, that was in March of 85. And by the time we got back into school, I was just like, I spent the summer trying to figure out who sings this fucking song. And <laughs> it's like, name that tune. I'm done. Yeah. And all my friends are like, don't start doing your vocal shit. Cause you, you got no rhythm, dude. Shut up. <laughs> so 
anyway. You're from Mascuda. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I walked into my fifth hour art class, and there's a little short redheaded dude. I'm like, oh, there's my answer. He can tell me what he played that night. So I walk up, and I'm like, hey, man. And he, he smarted off. He said something real smart-ass about me, and his friends standing around him all started laughing. And I'm like, well, fuck you, dude. So I had the answer right there, but he was a dick, and I'm not even talking to that guy. It's almost over. <laughs> Went off the master. We're coming down to the oh, finish line, right? Yeah, yeah, because it gets real good. So we. It's all good. Oh my god, dude! We uh, I I finally get tickets to Ozzy Osbourne in um, February. They went on sale. Ozzy Osbourne's playing St. Louis. Oh yeah, and then I hear a month later, Metallica's opening up. Nobody even talked about it really. So February of '86. '86, their name wasn't on the ticket. I was going to see Ozzy. Okay. You know, I, I still wasn't. I had heard from the Beltholes. I should have run right out, but you don't run right out when you live in a cornfield. But I had to make it to the mall. <laughs> right. I get there. There's a hundred other things I, I didn't own that I wanted to buy. I just, six months passes like that when you're that age. So I didn't have any, you know, and I did buy Master of Puppets, but I never even opened it. I had the cassette and I'm like, I'm going to get to this, you know. Anyway, I get to the Ozzy show and this band Metallica's playing. There's like five of us that went. And uh, I was like instantly blown away. And I'm like, what the fuck? I mean, and everybody, I, I can't stress this enough. Um, it's easy for everyone who ever just happened to get lucky, say, and see, you know, Burton playing live. I mean, in hindsight, of course, you're going to say, oh, he was legendary. But trust me, dude, everybody who was there that night was fully aware that the guy on the left-hand side of the stage, there was something insane about this guy. It's the bass player. He, he went nuts. And, I mean, he caught everyone's eye that night. The whole band did, though. Sure. I'm not just, you know, overpraising him and leaving them out of it. The whole thing was just like, oh, my God, what did I just witness? Sure. So. Did they open with battery? What's that? Did they open with battery? Oh, dude, I can't even tell you. They played like eight songs. Sure. Um, I should know the set list. There was a point in time. There were probably years straight that I could give you the set list, but I finally hit a point where I can let some of that trivial stuff go. Sure. I would have to look it up. But. I ran into this other guy. I had him in one of my classes. And I'm like, dude, what was that one song? And it was For Whom the Bell Tolls. And I said, it was the third song or fourth song, whatever it was. He said, For Whom the Bell Tolls. And I'm like, what? And he said, For Whom the Bell Tolls. He was saying it like it was one word. And I'm like, spell it. And he said, F-O-R, new word, W-H-O-M, new word. And I'm like, For Whom the Bell Tolls. And that, that just, I knew of the book. So that blew me away. Okay, they didn't play Fade to Black that night. So I go home blown away before we go home i'm trying to get my friend kurt i'm like let's hang out and meet the band the guy my friend told me these guys you can meet them but he did he wasn't gonna hear it he's like we got school tomorrow so we didn't we, we and it turns out everybody that did go out there got to meet them anyway the next day at school the guy that drove i'm like dude i'll give you five bucks if you, i didn't have a car i didn't get a license till i was 18 but i'm like i was at 16 at the time but i said if you, i give you five bucks if you run me out to the mall Nah, I got to work. Come on, come on. He lived on a farm. He could make his own hours. So he's like, okay, okay. So we ran out to the mall. I bought uh, Ride the Lightning, Kill Them All, and I already had puppets. And I still hadn't, op you know, hadn't opened puppets yet. <laughs> that was you were, ridiculous. You were all set to go, though. You had the complete set at that time. So f Friday morning, or Saturday morning, I'm sitting there at home. I, uh, I got a little lit up <laughs> on a Saturday morning. I put the tape in and I laid back on the couch and I listened to Ride the Lightning. 
And it was like, oh my God, this is killing me, this is killing me, this is killing me. But when I heard the notes of the fourth song, I jumped up and I was like, Metallica sings this fucking song, the song. It was the mystery that I had chased for the whole year. You finally figured oh out Fade to Black. Literally, I don't know if I was crying, but it could have been. I got on the phone and I called my friend that was at the party. I'm like, dude, can you get Lonnie to bring you over here right now? And he's like, it's 10 o'clock in the morning on Saturday. What's up? And I'm like, dude, you, you'll understand when you get here. This guy heard me vocalizing it for, you know, he was one of my best friends, Ray Ball. He's like, motherfucker, he's cussing me. You better not be wasting my time. But when he got over there, I said, dude, I said, get him to see if Lonnie can do it because he was old enough to get him some beer. Get over here now. It's important. <laughs> right. <laughs> and when he shows up with the beer. He's like, what are we doing? Hey, they Saturday the, morning. If they got the beer, then it's, it's good to go. <laughs> Dude, we slammed some beer, and I said, now, you thank me. Let's go to Japan. What? I said, huh? (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) No, no, I told him before. I was like, you thank me. Thank me right now. And he's like, for what? I'm like, just thank me, and I'll, you know, I'll take it back. We'll we'll make it good if it wasn't worth you thanking me. He said, all right, thanks, man. Thanks a lot. And I hit play. And he said, no fucking way. He heard that, and he goes, it's the song. And we just stood there, and he was like, Oh my God, he, he flipped out. And I mean, at, in that moment, and I don't mean to sound like, I mean, I get really excited when I tell that story, but. It's a great story, Mike. After the year chase, that, I mean, in that moment, you know how often in life you use the term, you know, oh, I had revelations, and, and you know, or the, it was the greatest thing, an absolute statement. Right. That was a defining, revealing, you know, it was a moment of revelations in my life. Well, it especially after me. the chase. Seeing them live changed me. But when the when the gift came that they also sang Fade to Black, sure. which now I personally believe for many re- that reason on top of many other reasons, I believe that that's the greatest song in the history of recorded music, and I've I've held to that since 1986 when that all went down. But Jeff, anyway, I'm going to shut up, Jeff. That's a strong statement right there. That is a very bold statement. Which I hope that which, was. No, that was awesome, Mike. Which explains now how special that. Uh, the glow in the dark fade to black vinyl is yes it, yeah yeah exactly that was 86 and then it just trickled into and by the way tommy the little short redheaded guy that i thought was an asshole <laughs> i show up i show up with my my uh it was the one with fry guy on the front the, the dude in the electric chair and they, don't, they had multiple variants but it was the one with kill them all on the back yes i, I bought that, that that night and he, he he as soon as he saw it he's like dude cool shirt and i'm like man you never talked to me whatever he's like ah, i was just fucking with you and we were from that moment on we were friends and he it was me not him that was the dick he was just you know but anyway you're young and angry but i held a little grudge against him and then everything was okay after that but no i still run into this guy every after that every time he saw me he's like metallica Metallica. <laughs> yeah, that's what he calls me metallica and i still Mike. see him every once in a while and he's i, th- I credit tommy williams with my first exposure to metallica Mike, you're in luck. I found the set list. You ready for this? Yeah. Was it April 2nd of 86? April 2nd, 86 at Keel Auditorium. Keel Auditorium, K-I-E-L. Uh-huh. Open with Battery, Puppets, Bells, Ride, Sanitarium, Seek, Creep, and the encores were Am I Evil and Damage Inc. Yeah, so there were, what, 11 songs? I was wrong. Not nine. I was going to say, could you imagine closing the show with creeping death and then even though there was an encore that's technically the closer you know what i mean and that's just right. that's oh, crazy to think about like i think about that now and like i love opening with that song but to close with that song but to think back then you're opening for ozzy 
and you got nine songs. And let's be honest, when you go to see Ozzy, out of those nine songs, the majority probably knew maybe two or three max. Right, they were just there to of hear... Of the Ozzy fans? They were just there to hear Ultimate Sin. Of the Metallica songs, Mike. <laughs> oh, they didn't know the Metallica songs, most of them. Maybe, there was a little group. Maybe Bells and maybe Seek, but other than that, you wouldn't you wouldn't know Damage Inc. or Am I Evil? But you got to remember what I said about St. Louis, and that crowd didn't know those. They, they, you know, the average person there didn't know who Metallica was. Right. And uh, if they did know, yeah, they knew for whom the bell tolls. And uh, But all I remember was the auditorium was you could still smoke inside, but it wasn't cigarette smoke that I couldn't see through. Right. <laughs> you know, we, were up in the, we were up in the balcony, and the Aussie crowd was there. So, I mean. A, a, a nice cloud when the house lights came on. Oh, uh, you couldn't even see across the other side. But the <laughs> stage lights lit it up, and there was a group, 15 or 20 people, underneath where Cliff was on the stage, and they were just doing their, they were banging. They were going nuts. And, you know, all the old fucks were like, what are these guys doing? I think they were being, you know, a little bit scared. Well, Steve Jones was one of the, I told him, I'm like, man, I remember watching Cliff play and there was a group of a handful of guys and he's like, yeah, that was me. <laughs> and so wow. I have met, I'd say I've met 10 people since that happened that did leave Ozzy and they did meet Metallica. I saw a guy, a military guy. He's like, Hey man, you know, if you go out there, you can meet him. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to leave Ozzy Osbourne. And as crazy as this sounds, people are like, you're stupid now. I, I, If I could go back, I wouldn't have left Ozzy. If I could have met Cliff, I wouldn't have. That was my first Ozzy Osbourne concert. And that's, I sure. mean. Huge. That's pretty mega too, you know. It's very rare that Jeff and I talked to someone that was from that era, let alone got to see Cliff. But the cool thing about your story, Mike, is like you said, even if Cliff didn't die and he was still here, you knew that night how special it was because it was just one-of-a-kind performance. Yeah, and I can't imagine how many of those older, the older guys, I say old, they were in their 20s and 30s, mm -hmm. <laughs> the older people there, how many people saw that and felt that energy, and I guarantee you every time, and not just Cliff, the, that band on stage they opened eyes everywhere they went, and I, and I can't imagine, you know, most of the people that were there to see Ozzy, I'm certain they ended up Metallica fans. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, I don't mean to talk over what you were saying there. I was adding to your sentiment. Oh, that was you it. nailed it. It's just when you said you knew there was something special. Oh. Even at a, at a young teenager age, you knew it was special and obviously didn't predict the future and knew this was one of a, spe one, well, one of a million kind of bands. You know what? Uh, did you happen to see uh, when Stefan uh, met, met Club, Stefan Shirazi, when he was on uh, the dude from Death Angel, I always forget his name, Mark, uh, he interviewed Stefan. And they were yes. talking, and he said, you know, they're talking about 80s Metallica. And Stefan said, there's no way that anyone could have known. You couldn't have really known what was coming. It's impossible. You know, you're, you don't look into a crystal ball. And I'm not arguing with him. I wholeheartedly agree. But after I saw him in my head, I couldn't see it any other way. I knew for a fact. <laughs> and it's like, it's crazy. And I've got, you know, everyone I ever knew, I feel sorry for them that they had to hear me preaching that this is the biggest band on earth. And, you know, they, most of my friends just got to where they just let it go in one ear. You know, they smile and nod and shake their head like <laughs> you do when you're talking to a crazy person. But in my head... In my head, it was like it just remains to be seen. And I'm not trying to say, oh, I was right. You know but it. I was that adamant about it. I couldn't see it any other way. The passion that put that show on, 
but more so the passion that gave me Fade to Black. That's that's the one that sealed the deal. You know, to be able to do Ride the Lightning and Fade to Black on the same album and Creeping Death. Jeff and I know you're not bullshitting because you still have that passion right now, and it's 2021. Nothing's changed with well, you. I, oh, and I'm sorry if I'm a little overjuiced, but I, I wasn't lying when I said I had two McDonald's coffees. Uh, <laughs> McDonald's for the win, right, Jeff? Yeah. Dude, if I didn't have coffee. Chicken nuggies. Hey, McChicken for a buck. Heck yeah. <laughs> if you slide the meat off of the McChicken, it's just a giant. You put it in your dipping sauce and eat it that way. If you like McNuggets. <laughs> um, go ahead. That sounds like something Pizzle would say. The more you know. Yeah. The more you know. No, but uh, I, I know that was a very long answer to a, a short question. but Dude, uh, I love it. I actually do have one more short question for you on our in voting for all. You know, we pick two things. You got to vote between one of them. Have you been? Oh, we are voting tonight. We are voting tonight. Yeah, yeah. Mike's okay. going to have to choose here, and I really hope he's been keeping up. And we're going to choose as well. We will choose. Yeah, and I'm hoping okay. he's been keeping up in the recent uh, Metallica Blacklist covers that have been coming out because we're going to be voting between a couple of those tonight. Have you been keeping up with those? I mean, I, I heard what you guys talked about with Brian on your last episode, or two two episodes ago, <laughs> or did you put one out since that? Yeah, we no, did. No, I've been catching conversation among other people, but I, I just, my time is so short, you know, working on these videos. But no, go ahead. I, I'm really, I, I've read stuff on Facebook, but I haven't been keeping up with too much of anything. So you haven't heard any of the uh, Blacklist covers that have come out? I heard I heard a piece of Miley. Fair enough. I was going to say that might make tonight's vote a little bit difficult if you haven't heard any of those because that's that's what we're voting on. I really don't even know who a lot of those artists are. Neither do I. <laughs> I, I feel super old. Who is Jay Balvin? Who is that guy? Is that a sports guy? Because he had a McDonald's meal Jeff, about three months ago. Mike, <laughs> Jeff, Mike and I are on the same page with the old blacklist, I believe. Go back to what you're saying, Jeff. Didn't mean to cut you off, but I don't know that I'm going to fit in well with where you're going. Yeah, well, I... I know where you're going with this, and I'm I'm ready to vote. All right, well, you know what? If anything else, we'll still throw it up, and you know, Shane and I can cast our vote. Because I know Shane, even though he's not super on board with all these covers, I know you've been listening to them as they've been coming out. Yes, I have. So tonight, it's uh, two of the holier-than-thous that have come out. So between Off and Biffy Clyro. You know what? I watched that one. I got to be totally honest. I don't know whose is whose, so can you play me the track? Uh, yeah, Well, yeah, I was going to say off is the, I don't know if you saw the video. It's the yeah, one. Yeah, let's listen to it it's now. the one in the then church. We'll Jeff has every song in the world on his phone, Mike. It's unbelievable. Okay, which one's this? Off. I did like that intro. So that is the off version, and I okay. will play a little bit of the Biffy Clyro version. Okay. 
two completely different realms. That's what I love about it. Who the hell are you? <laughs> <laughs> Biffy Clyro is headline download fest main stage. He has? Yes. Is that a band name or a guy's name? <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> is it like Pink Floyd? So there's a little bit of that one. I gotta go with off the first one. Yeah, the yeah that first the more one. like kind of like punk rock, alt rock version of it. It's almost like it, noise rock. Which one has the video? Well, they actually the video there, there's both. There's music videos they for both, both of them. I think I knew that. Well, I saw one where it's stairway. It's going down in like a stairway I th- around. I, that's and that's around. that one that I just played, Biffy Clyro's version. And I believe the off version is the one where it's like they're like in a church and they're playing like you know, on the stage where the pastor would be and like yeah. people start freaking out and whatnot. I've seen the videos. I just didn't know who was who, so I had to hear Right, it. right. I gotta go with the off one. It's more of a punk I don't wanna say ska, but it's like a poppy punk. Yeah, it's kind got of that feel. little and it's a little bit more in the the realm it's of It's got a poppy swing to it. Yeah, a little bit more in the realm of Metallica. It's a little bit more of that in your face. I, I thought you were gonna play the the uh the Unforgivens that came out I think yesterday. Yeah. How many were there? One enter Sandman, two sad, three sad but true, two holier, three unforgivens, and one nothing else matters so far. Okay. And the holiers have been out for a little while. That's why I went with those ones because I, I figured well, the the Miley one that was the first one, and I feel like that one is just gonna win in a landslide. But you know, the two holiers, they're two completely different realms and they both could be you know it could go either way so i'm curious to see what the what the listeners choose i'm going with off i'd pick biffy's version i think it's just it's got this weird kind of i like hearing it with like the weird electronics in the background and i feel like their melody line stuck more with metallica's melody line too as far as the singing goes yeah the when you when you look at that whole project as a whole I don't mean to get off your just your two songs, but as you know, I see these people complaining all day long about this release, and I'm all about covers. I'll probably never buy, I'll buy that thing and I'll listen to it, but there's probably not one song that's ever going to get catch my ear to where it makes me listen. You know, but I I give them. I mean, that's like the ultimate sign of respect mm-hmm. when you get that many artists that are going to collaborate for a release like this. Yep. So these people that are bitching about it, I mean. I don't want to say get a life, but you you know what I mean? I I just, I listened to what you said about it. I know, Jeff, you you were talking about it when you were talking to Brian. And I think you're going to get more out of that album than a lot of us will. I definitely feel like I'm going to. Yep, I will definitely go through that and listen to every single one of them and judge. I will too. It's just I'm not, I haven't knocked it. I'm not knocking the artist. It's just. I'm not excited about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You never said anything bad about it. It's not that you didn't think no. that it should happen. It's just that wasn't like the I listen the to them every day point. they come out. Yeah. I'm obviously going to buy it. Yep. Not as a collector, but just to have. It's it's something you, you're you going to put on maybe twice, two or three times a year. Right. Yeah. I and if we're going to listen to Sad But True, listen to the Metallica version, is what I'm going to end up doing 
in every you know i'm never going to go to that other version i don't think yeah i i'm not saying i'm treading carefully here it's just when i read about it and see all the hype about it i i just i personally don't get as excited as as most others are right as now so, about yeah it, I as guess. someone like me who i don't i want to hear weezer i want to hear Corey taylor i want to hear um uh volbeat i want to hear the bands that i know I guess there were so many names on there I don't know that I was kind of like, okay, I really got to figure out who the hell this to is. To me, it's very Metallica-ish to go with what they did and not to go with like, all right, let's just grab all the big metal giants that are in music the last oh, I get years. It. You know what I mean? Like, And that's what's going to make it sell is it's just, it's everything's going to be so new to everyone. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, it's got a level of shock value just for existing, and I like that. Leave it to Metallica, always pushing the boundaries, even when it's with the most mainstream metal album of all time. They still have found a way to yet again push the boundaries and do, you know, take an album that it's like, how could you take it to the next level? They're like, hey, watch this. We're going to take it to the next level without even being on the record. You know what I mean? And then they put this out and it it does. It brings it to a whole nother level. Say real quick here. I love when they release the... uh the demos and kind of the the uncut versions of Holier and Unforgiven, and I want to say, well, not much change because that's the song. You're right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not much I think they brought changed. those demos to Bob Rock, and they said, this is what we're doing. Deal with it. We're not changing much because when you listen to the demo of Holier, there's just one small drum fill, and the solo is just a tad different bob, and the rest is like identical bob said you know that's fine you don't have to rewrite the music but i'm going to add in about nine million layers underneath that and you're going to deal yes. with it because you're going to make a lot of money off of it <laughs> so jeff have you jeff have you um did you you were talking about you were debating on your purchase of the remaster box in the you know when you were talking to brian or yes, he was did you make the purchase i have not yet uh come on man i know well, now I'll, he's, chip in, I'll chip in twenty five. <laughs> wow! Now we're talking. I, I, you know, I, I could start a GoFundMe, and if it gets enough, I'll just I'll buy them all. <laughs> buy Jeff a box set. GoFundMe. He's saving up his go. money, Mike, for San Francisco in December, so we can all party together. Hey, he is going. He did say that. Fucking right, he is. Now you're talking. <laughs> Come hell or high water, buddy. Yep, yep. We'll see what the future brings, right? None of this work. I got three daughters. Bullshit excuse oh, anymore. Yeah. This is fucking going down. Yeah, that ain't gonna work. <laughs> Hey, maybe if I can get, you know, our podcast or our band out there or both, then it will really be worth it. Oh, it's happening. Oh, dude. It's happening. Why don't you take the podcast on the run? I think we're going to do it, Mike. Because I want want my band to play out there at that time, too. We're going to interview Mike on Alcatraz. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to set up a little booth on Alcatraz as, you know, all the Metallica family tours Alcatraz, and we'll just interview them as they... I love the movie The Rock. I've always wanted to go to Alcatraz. As as you get off the ferry and pass through the turnstile, you have to talk to on podcast for all. We're gonna make we're gonna work. make it so that you have to. <laughs> we can do it. Hold on, say something to the mic. It doesn't matter if it's one word. We're gonna splice it all together. We want more metal militia. <laughs> you guys could. You guys. Hey, I started to say this earlier, and I and I didn't. I, we got off on something. What I did right before I called you, uh, Ryan Santor, Santoni. You know him. Yes, Ryan yes. From, from Pennsylvania. Yes, he said these guys are gonna, that you, dude, they're not gonna want to talk to you very long. And I'm like, he's making fun of me. He's like, they're <laughs> not ready. And I'm like, because he knows what coffee does to me. And I'm like, dude, we're gonna break the record. Call Guinness. And I was joking. He goes, let me look that up. What do you think the record uh, podcast length is? 
the longest episode ever? Oh, longest podcast it's, it's episode. It's got to be like a day long oh, or something. I don't know. <laughs> I'll say 24 hours. I guessed 37, and I didn't look it up, and he goes, it's 36. And then he's like, you wow. looked it up. And I'm like, no. And I'm like, I'm, I was like, dude, I'm going to ask I'm gonna ask them both. Why didn't we plan this? We can break that record. Let's do something <laughs> big. Let's go for it. Let's go nuts, well, dude. I'll tell you, Alcatraz all night, all day, into the next night. I'll tell you what. <laughs> uh, after after we take care of our intro and all of that, we might break in podcast for all records with this episode as far as length goes. Oh. That's so that hey, you can you can get maybe we'll send you a little plaque that, you know, it's it's the record holder. Jeff, apart from our little babble sessions, the longest episode is Mr. Phil Toll. That was good. Phil holds the record so far for for our guests. Oh, for downloads too. I saw that I was impressed. Either him or Jared, oh, it went crazy, though. Mike. We had fun with as it. As far as download records. Yeah, it went nuts. But rightfully so. Oh, we had so much fun. What else you got? I don't have much more. That was impressive, Mike. I I think I said sixty words and you said sixty thousand and Dude, I said I six. Do that it's gonna be an easy edit. You know how editing goes. <laughs> or I don't know. We had a blast, man. This is like one of the most laid back, chill. That's what's fun about this because it was just a derail into some other subjects, and that's what makes it fun. Like I said earlier, it really made me kind of feel reminiscent to when we started this a year ago, and it was definitely yeah. more about... Mike drove the whole yeah, thing? Yeah, it was more about our, our, our fans and our listeners and guests driving the show, and you literally did exactly what we're always preaching the show is about. You, the fan, come on the show. You drive the discussion. We need more people like you, Mike. That's what it's about. Absolutely. Okay, well, all right, well... It was awesome, man. Thank you again. Thanks for your time, and I know you've been up since 4 a.m., so... Yeah, he's ready oh, for yeah. bed, Jeff. No, <laughs> I, I got my coffee, and I can't sleep now. I'm going to go out and smoke some cigarettes and think about it. But uh, Think about the discussion. So, anyway. You enjoy that last sip of coffee, Mike. I'm going to bed. I think Jeff's doing the same. Yep, I got, I got stuff to do in the morning. I'm nervous now to see it. I'm, I'm almost scared. Oh, it's going to be great, man. We're going to have fun with it. Yeah. Okay. Thank you again for everything, Mike. Thank you. Have a good rest of your night, man. Yep, yep, you too, and I'll talk to you soon. We'll see you. Rock out.
Yeah.